I am very glad that the name that is on the sign out in front of the church is Grace. <laughs> it's great hearing the people sing it on the bumper there. And as I think about the state of the church, uh, the theme song of any group of blood-bought believers should be Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do I hear an amen? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't hear it. I wish I could. Um, I can't tell you how hard it is for me not to be with you in person uh, this morning. But um, late this week, I tested positive for the lovely COVID. And so we're, we're living with that. And we figured that uh, you really didn't want to see me in person uh, this morning. So um, the symptoms are, are mild. And so be praying. And uh, well, I'm glad I did not want to miss this opportunity to share my heart this morning for sure. You know, the last two years have certainly rattled the state of the church as we talk about that. It has affected us here at Grace uh, for sure, as it has churches all across the country. So what we are experiencing here is not unusual for us and everybody else is doing just fine. Understand that COVID, uh, churches having to move online, then reopening and how Fast are we going to reopen, and when are we going to reopen, and how are we going to reopen, and masks, and vaccines, and so many things, music styles, and children's curriculum, and racial tensions, and the politics, and what's the church supposed to be, and how involved, and it's created quite a stir and rattled the, the church, right? And man, if ever, it's time to sing Amazing Grace, especially the third verse, through many dangers, toils, and snares, we have already come. And tis grace that's brought us safe thus far, and its grace will lead us home. That's where our confidence is and our encouragement, certainly in times like this. A guiding passage for me um, that has anchored me as your pastor leading through this very unique season in the life of the church has been 1 Peter 5, 2. Just this simple phrase, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Shepherd the flock of God that is, Dan, God just says, Dan, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Well, that brings up two questions that aren't necessarily easy to answer. And that is, one is, well, who's among us? Shepherd the flock of God among us. And then the second question is, who's shepherding? Who else is leading the flock? Like, who is among us? Shepherd the flock of God among us. That's been a, that's been a rough question in the, in the past year. Who is attending? Who considers grace their church home? Who has left the church? Who's just dropped out of church? Who's sick? Who's online? Who's in Florida? Who's just sleeping in? <laughs> uh, you know, this is, you know, shepherd, shepherd the flock of God among you. That's a very fluid question, uh, fluid group of people. So we've worked hard. We've updated our database. We've updated the membership list. We've regathered grace groups and said, all right, who's among you and staying connected? And we're, we're 
got systems of tracking new people now. And um, I'm encouraged, and you need to be encouraged. Did you know in 2021, we have the list of names, we have names of at least 50 people who are now new attenders here at Grace. There are more than that that have come and visited and checked it out and still are. But uh, when you talk about the state of the church, you got to ask the question, who is the flock of God among us? And then we have to ask the question, who's shepherding the flock? Who's on staff? Who are the board of elders? Who are the volunteers and the leaders? And I would tell you, as the senior pastor in 2021, when it comes to who's shepherding the flock, I felt a little bit like the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Every week, you'd have to listen for who's on the roster and who's available to play this Sunday. And uh, that's kind of what it's felt like. I mean, to give you a staff update, when I think of 2021, we had four full-time staff people transition to other opportunities they believed that God was leading them, leading them to. And that's hard. That's, you, you miss that. John T. Van, Greg Summers, Hannah Schaefer, Kristen Teglevic. These are four people on the team. Now, what we had to do is the existing staff people picked up so many of those responsibilities, and then we did all we could to reevaluate, okay, where are we as a staff as we shuffle things in different seats on the bus, and where is the church at, and what are some crucial positions we need to hire? So we're not going to press into hiring four more full-time positions, but feel very confident it became clear to us there are two positions that are critical for us going forward. The first one is this, a family pastor. We're looking for a, someone who's going to serve us as a family pastor. They'll give oversight and support to the children's ministries, a vital part of, of life at Grace, to give support and encouragement and oversight uh, to all of our incredible volunteers and staff that we have working in children's ministries. But also, this person would also pastor the parents of those children. We, we see a real need in our day and age to come along families in supporting them and parents as they disciple their own children. We need to make disciples of the next generation. And how can we come along parents and families to see that that is happening? So we're in a search process right now. Please be praying as we look for someone who come in and serve as family pastor. Right now, Josh Wilson is, is, is carrying that and leading that and investing in that area. He's shepherding the flock in that area right now. The second position that we, we find critical that we had to fill was what we're calling the executive director of operations. <laughs> what that is, we desperately needed someone to serve under the direction of the senior pastor to give leadership and administration and coordination to implementing the vision of grace and bringing some kind of focus and direction to the variety of ministries that take place in this place. 
I know the church is not a business. I understand that. But the church is a large organization that is in desperate need of organization. <laughs> if it isn't, if the vision isn't implemented, if things aren't directed and coordinated well, it could be a crazy place and you really never get anything actually done. And so I'm, um, I'm very excited to announce that the board of elders have just called and hired someone for this role. And so the new, I'm glad to announce this morning that the new executive director of operations here at Grace is Bill Stepp. That's right. Some of you, and many of you know him. You say, wait a minute, I already thought he has a day job. <laughs> I thought he has a real job, right? Well, he does, but I, I'm thrilled to tell you that he has begun to transition out of his real estate business, and he is transitioning onto the staff here at Grace. He wants to transition well out of his existing business, and we want him to, and so he'll be coming on gradually here at Grace. Our hopes and desires is that by the end of June of this year, he'll be full-time here in his role as a Grace. Many of you have seen him out at Grace Connect. Stop by and say hi today especially. Um, I want to tell you it was a very good day for me in 2021 as we sat at breakfast and Bill was sharing his heart with me and said, Dan, I don't understand where this could go, but I really believe that um, God is leading me out of my business and into ministry somehow, some way. And I thought, do I have some ideas for you? And God has led in a very, very powerful way. So we're very excited about that. At this time, too, we'd like to, um, I, I want to invite um, uh, our moderator, the moderator you've chosen, uh, Roger Snyder. He's going to come up front, and um, he has a very, very important announcement to make as well. So, Roger, join us up front. Good morning. I have an uh, announcement or an update from the pastoral succession team. And I'm gonna read it because I wanna get this right. Um, on April 25th last year, the Board of Elders recommended and you called Pastor Dan for another five years with the understanding that it would be a transitional call. And what was meant is that sometime in the subsequent five years, we would identify and call another man to serve as our senior pastor and Pastor Dan would transition out of that role and continue as a mentor and lead encourager. On July 18th, I presented to you a job description for our senior pastor that had been developed by the succession planning team and approved by the Board of Elders. That job description details the responsibilities of the senior pastor, including the primary responsibilities of preaching the word and shepherding the flock. And just as importantly, it describes the characteristics of that man. Today, I am presenting to you our recommendation for our next senior pastor. After much prayer, multiple interviews, watching his life and doctrine, and an evaluation in light of that job description, the succession planning team recommended to the Board of Elders and the Board of Elders unanimously and enthusiastically recommends to you 
the people of grace that we call Pastor Josh Wilson as our next senior pastor. It thrills me to no end to make that recommendation. On February 20th, during both services, you will have the opportunity to vote on that recommendation. Between now and then, Pastor Josh, Pastor Dan, and the elders will be providing you with multiple opportunities to ask your questions about Josh and to Josh. The details of those opportunities will be emailed to you this week. They will include two town hall style meetings, the first of those will be after the second service on January 30th, the date of our business meeting. Grace groups are encouraged to invite Josh to visit your group. Grace group leaders will hear more about this at the leaders meeting on January 22nd. And finally, you can contact Pastor Josh, Pastor Dan, or any of the elders individually by way of the church website or here at church as you catch them in the halls. If we call Pastor Josh to be our next senior pastor on February 20th, he will assume that role the next day. Pastor Dan will not be leaving, but will continue on in fulfillment of his five-year call. And I might add that in light of Pastor Dan's announcement about Bill Stepp, John Rowe isn't leaving either. This transition is going to take place over the rest of the year. Bill, John, Dan, and Josh will be developing a transition plan for their various areas of responsibility. A written plan for that will be available to you after the vote. This will include Pastor Dan's continuing role at Grace. I know Bill Stepp is really excited about the possibility of working with Josh in this role. And Dan eagerly anticipates working with Josh as a mentor for him as a, and as a fellow shepherd of the flock. Thank you. And hear more from Dan. I really appreciate uh, Roger Snyder's leadership and not only him, but the whole board of elders and, and the succession planning team. I, I just have to say that um, I, I have a very deep appreciation for uh, the board of elders that you guys have chosen to lead you and shepherd you and serve you. And I want you to know they have done a phenomenal job. They have taken their job very, very seriously. And leading through this process was very, very important. And um, I, I was very pleased to see them, and you should be too. Continue to pray for them. And um, as we faithfully try to shepherd uh, us as a, as, a, as a church, right? I also can't tell you how excited I am about Josh Wilson. I mean, this is kind of a dream for me. I have so much respect for this young man and um, his life, his character, his love for you uh, that he has grown to have here at Grace and his 
love and commitment to preach the word of God. This is so important to us as a church as we go forward. His belief in the sufficiency of scripture, his biblical ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. If there's ever a time as we think about the church moving forward into the future, we have to have someone leading us who's anchored in the scriptures and an understanding of what a church is supposed to be and what God calls us to do and be in the culture and the world in which we, which we live in. I look forward to serving under his leadership. I, I, I love this place and, and we're thrilled to serve under his leadership on staff at the, at the discretion of the new president or whatever, or if you guys call him. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about, about that. You, a way you can see a, an overall succession plan here at Grace may be helpful to you. Um, if for many years, if you've been around here for many years, is John Rowe and I uh, have been a part of leading and shepherding the flock here at Grace in some pretty significant ways, right? And, and really what we're looking at is for John Rowe and I to pass the baton, pass the torch to Josh Wilson and Bill Stepp. And uh, if you can kind of see it that way, um, we're excited about those kinds of possibilities and feel like it's in very good hands. And John and I will stay on staff and do all we can to support and see a smooth transition. If you've got some questions, we've anticipated some, some frequently asked questions. There'll be a sheet you can pick up today out at Grace Connect and say hi to Bill Stepp when you go out there and get a sheet. All right, so shepherd the flock of God among you. That, that's the charge that we have in the state of the church. And as excited as I am about these, these new hires that we're talking about and proposing to you, as excited as I am about our current staff, as excited as I am about you, the flock of God among us, I want us to look just as we uh, uh, head into the rest of the state of the church here this morning, I want us to look at where our real hope and our real confidence needs to lie. Not in any man, not in any, but in the Lord of the church. Um, the state of the church has to be anchored in and its confidence has to be um, in Jesus Christ. So how do you evaluate the state of the church? What metrics do you use? How's the church going? People ask me that. How's it going at grace? Well, how do you measure it? And what are the metrics? What, how do you measure spiritual health? How do you define success in a church? Is it the number of people attending in, the, uh, in a morning? Is it the amount of money that you, you, you have and offerings you take in? I mean, is it, how, how does, how do people in Ashland see Grace Church? Um, well, the bigger question is, how does God see us? And so, so these are all questions that go in. What's the state of the church? And, and a lot of ways that you can talk about it. I, I would like to suggest that this morning we view the state of the church through the lenses of three questions. I want to hit three questions very briefly, but very, it's very important that I think we see uh, the church through this lens. First question is this, is the Lord among us? What's the state of the church? Is the Lord among us? Turn to Exodus chapter 17 very quickly. Turn to Exodus chapter 17 while you're going there. Here's the background. The Hebrew people were slaves in Egypt. God brought Moses and led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea. They're, three, they're just now getting past the Red Sea and begin their journeys toward 
the promised land. They're six months into the trip. That's it. And here's where we find ourselves in Exodus chapter 17. All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord. And they camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses. Give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted for water, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So, you know, this is like on the family vacation. When are we going to eat? When are we? we got a whole nation of people. So Moses cried to the Lord, What do I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you'll strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel because they tested the Lord. Listen to this. The people of Israel, they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? It was an amazing thing. These people had come into some very, very difficult times and they didn't have this and they didn't have that, granted. But the biggest question that came up was they, they questioned whether God's presence and care for them was still there or if God had abandoned them. Hey, is God with us or not? One commentator writes this. He says, in less than six months, they had witnessed the ten plagues in Egypt, the pillar of cloud and fire that led them, the opening and shutting of the Red Sea, the miraculous sweetening of the, the water, and God sent food, meat, and manna from heaven, and yet their real question came down to this, is the Lord among us or not? The state of a church, the state of this church, its spiritual health depends on whether or not it, it, it forgets the fact that God is among us. That the Lord has promised his church that he will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13 says that. Jesus in the Great Commission says, now go make disciples of the nations and baptize them and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And he says, and look, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When you read in Revelation, and, and, and G, they're talking about the seven churches in Revelation. It says Jesus walks among them. He's in their midst. And so when you, just because a church goes through hard times, you start to question whether or not God is with us or not, is the Lord among us or not. Satan constantly tries to tempt any church and believers about that. It's the temptation toward the sin of unbelief. God's not with you. God's forsaken you. God's not caring for you anymore. It's not true. Jesus will never disown his bride. He always cares for us. We're always in his attention. Is the Lord among us 
or not. So a group of high school kids up in Michigan, uh, a, a, a guy was going to create a group text with some of his teammates. So he's typing in all the phone numbers and he accidentally was off by a number with one of his friends and little knowns to him in his little high school text group, he included a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His name was Sean Murphy Bunting, was added to the group and he starts texting his friends and, and Murphy Bunting decides to weigh in and he asks the question, he says, hey, did you mean to add me to your group? And they didn't know who it was. He sent them their picture and they were shocked. And then he pulls up a, uh, started a video chat and from the locker room, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the phone is going around to Rob Gronkowski and to Tom Brady. And here are these kids up in Michigan, high school kids, had no idea who was among them. The church can forget who's among them. Grace Church is 109 years old. Let that sink in. This church is 109 years old. Do you know what it's come through? It came through the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. It came through the Great Depression. It came through a split in the denomination that took place right here in Ashland. It, it came through uh, relocating. The church is on West 10th Street and relocated up here. It's been through numerous building programs. And this church has had 12 senior pastors. And yet, 109 years later, we're still proclaiming the gospel, still preaching the word of God, still investing in the next generation, still seeing lives transformed, and still making disciples of the nations. It's got to be clear evidence, isn't it, as you look around? The answer to the question, is the Lord among us? Well, the answer is absolutely yes, or else we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't be here. Second question, is Jesus building his church? Matthew 16, 18, we talk about it a lot. Jesus made the amazing statement, I will build my church. And he's talking about people and adding people and calling people to repent of their sin and come and be his children, be a part of his church, his bride of Christ. Is Jesus still doing that? He said, I will build my church. When you read in the book of Acts, it says that the Lord added to the church those who were being saved. See, when, when, when Jesus builds his church, it's a supernatural act of God to open up a repentant heart and draw someone to Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, we, we, uh, when, when Josh was preaching in that passage in Ephesians chapter 2, remember he says, but God, because we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. And so, but Jesus is building his church and it says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I mean, I mean, think about it, but God, is, is Jesus still building his church? I mean, 
Raise your hand, all right? Raise your hand if God has made you alive. You were dead in your trespasses, and he made you alive, and by grace you have been saved. I'm one of them. Some of you are raising your hand for the first time in 2022. Maybe it was in 2021 when God made you alive spiritually and came to Christ. For some of you, it was years or five or 20 or 50 or 60 years ago. The annual report is out. You can pick it up in the back lobbies. You can click on there, get on our website and see a video of, of the different ways in which God has worked and moved and built his church over the last year. You know, when you think about the state of the church too, I think this is really important to understand and, and keep your head around, is when you think about the state of the church, you always have to see the church as being bigger than just our local congregation here, Grace on West Main Street. You got to think of church, not little C, but big C as a part of the big church. In other words, you say, well, what's the state of the church? Part of that is our local church here among us, but also the church that's in Ashland County. Where are the true believers meeting as well in other places, other locations around Ashland County? And God has shuffled. You know what? Hey, let's be honest, right? This whole COVID thing, God has shuffled around some of his church. Going here, this local congregation, now going over there, some of them coming here and around, and it's a thing. And so you got to go, okay, what's the state of the, of the church in Ashland County? But then you also have to say, what's the state of the church in the world? In the world. We're a part of that, Grace. It's not just us here locally on West Main Street. No, we're a part of a church in Ashland County and the world. And, and this is what was one of the thrilling things of 2021, I know for so many of you, was how God used us to be a very vital part of him building his church big C in the world. Here's what I mean. The grain project that we finished the end of the year with. I mean, think about this. Halfway across the world, brothers and sisters in Christ pled with God. They needed food and they had no way to access it. And God heard those prayers. Jesus, the Lord of the church, heard those prayers halfway around the world. He saw us in Ashland, Ohio. You can't find Ashland on a world map, all right? But Jesus knows where we are. He's among us. We're a part of his church, right? And so halfway around the world, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to meet the very real physical needs of people halfway around the world. And he moved and you gave and grain is sent and they're using it. We've been hearing reports. There's people coming out of the bush. There's Muslims, all kinds of people coming that don't know Christ to find food. And they're offering not only physical food, but let me tell you about the bread of life, Jesus Christ, that you can know life eternal, not just get you through the next few days of food. It's an amazing thing. You know, it can be, you can be tempted and be discouraged or fall into fear 
When you look around at just your church or maybe our country and what's happening and the developments in our culture and the moral decay and you go, oh my goodness, is is Jesus still building his church? (laughs) Well, the apostle Paul landed in Corinth one day. He showed up at the Jewish synagogue because there's points of connection about the Old Testament scriptures and he's, he's dialoguing with them and he's talking to the Jews that Jesus Christ really is the Messiah and they didn't believe him. And it's said that it created a huge division and so Paul moved his operation next door to the synagogue and some of the people believed and he says I'm going to the Gentiles well look at the people in Corinth were an extremely secular culture extremely secular godless culture and so here Paul is and the the Jews are all divided and fighting about this and then the secular culture of the Corinth Corinthians and and God shows up and listen to what he says to Paul I I love this such an encouragement to me uh, over the last uh, couple years the Lord says to Paul in Acts 18 do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for I have many in the city who are my people Do you see what the Lord was telling the Apostle Paul? Look, I know Corinth is pagan. I know it is. I know that the the Jews are divided on all this stuff. But keep preaching the word. Keep preaching the gospel. Because Jesus says, I'm building my church in Corinth. I've got people here. And listen, it's the same thing here. God has people in Ashland that he's calling to himself. He's got people in Ashland County. He has people in this world. Jesus is still building his church, and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, what's the state of the church? Well, is the Lord among us? Well, yes. Well, it's good. Is Jesus still building his church? Yes. Well, that's good. Last question. Last question you got to ask when you're looking at the state of the church, and that's this. Is God working in us? In believers, the church is people who are believers in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, what's the state of the church? Was God working in us? I love Philippians. I come back to this verse. A couple verses in Philippians, you need to know, I come back to often. When when things aren't looking good, things aren't, aren't the best, I go, all right, where's my confidence at? Where's my real hope at? And here's, here's some passages I come back to. Philippians 1, 6. I am sure of this, Paul wrote to this church. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, I, Paul was sure of this, and so am I. Every single one of you here at Grace that's a believer, God's at work in you. He said he is, and he's working it to be, for you to be more and more like Christ, and he's initiating this. He's at work in you. So that's why Paul says in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, he says, now my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, in other words, Paul says, look, I know you guys were kind of, some of you were 
obeying because the the apostles around, all right? He said, but now, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, he says to them, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So church, Grace Church, listen, God's at work in every single one of you that are believers. So the state of the church is, how are you working that out? Are you working out your salvation in fear and trembling? We don't work for our salvation. No, this life has been put in us. Are you working that out? Are you humbly submitting to the work that God's doing in and through you right now? The more we do that and surrender to that and press into that and follow him with joy, the, the, the state of the church is is stunning. It, it's, it's got all kinds of possibilities. It's be, we're being transformed from glory to glory. Romans 8, 28 and 29 are anchor passages, anchor verses for me. And when I think about the state of the church, because here's what we know. We know, we know that for those who love God, all these things are working together for good. All the stuff we've gone through as a church, all the things you go through as individuals, all these things, God's working this together for our good in his glory. For those who are called according to his purpose. God has purposes for your life and for our church. And that's what we're a part of, right? For those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God's working in every single one of you that are truly believers in Jesus Christ. And so to ask yourself, well, you know, what's the state of the church on January 16, 2022? Well, part of the answer is, how has God shaped you as an individual to be more like Christ and know more of the abundant life in 2021? That's the state of the church because what you represent, each of you individually, feed into the collective state of the church here at Grace. So as, as you choose life, as you choose the life of Christ, you choose to follow him and love him and obey him and live to please him and for his glory and to enjoy him, and the more you do that, the whole state of the church, the spiritual temperature of the church continues to rise. The confidence we have is that's the work God's doing in you. Are you cooperating with this? There's supernatural work of God going on in this church right now in the heart of every single believer who's here. That, that's, that's where our confidence comes from. And so our, in our mission statement, you know, this thing, this thing is, is so powerful. It's right out of scripture. At Grace Church, we, we love God, right? We love others by revealing this life-giving grace of Jesus. And this love inspires everything we do. What that means is, does, you know, really has God's, you know, has loving God and obeying him and enjoying him, is that something that has grown in your heart and life? If you sought God last year and found him and you love him and obey him and enjoy him, and then that spills over to going, this grace that I'm experiencing, this life-giving grace that I have is what I want others to enjoy. And that's how we love others, by spreading that. You just got to know the joy and the life that we found in Jesus Christ. So what's the state of the church on January 16th? 2022. Well, 
I would answer that by asking you three questions. <laughs> and, uh, is the Lord among us? Is the Lord among us or not? Is Jesus building his church? And is God working in you? If you can answer a resounding yes to all three of those questions, then the state of this church is very, very promising and is very, very encouraging and very, very hopeful as we move forward until Jesus Christ returns. I'd love to pray with you um, and ask you the questions. Are you in the church? You know, are you just attending church and learning about these things? Man, we want you to be, we want you to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you can do that today. You can become a child of God by saying, God, I turn from my sin. And today I want to embrace you. I want to be yours, part of your church. And if you are, if you are a believer, are you working? Are you paying attention to this, working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Because God's at work in you. I trust that's, that's the case. All right, we're going to close.